Well, we'd like to welcome you this morning. Uh, it is, this is service is a little different. It's not a typical Sabbath service. Um, this is our Hanging of the Greens worship service. And Hanging of the Greens is a ceremony and a time where we decorate the church, we read Holy Scripture, we incorporate the rich symbolism and ceremony of the Christian faith and tradition into our service. And so we, we are worshiping with Him with our songs. We're worshiping Him as we serve Him by volunteering to help decorate the church. There are already others who have put hours uh, into this service to make it possible. And we thank you for that. So uh, the service is kind of unscripted, if you will. This is only the second time that we have taken the hanging of the green service that is usually practiced on a weeknight, and we have kind of condensed it, tweaked it, so that we can fit it into our Sunday morning service. Services are the, like these are just powerful, powerful teaching tools. And most churches that you go to, they have traditions, especially Christmas traditions. Uh, they have ceremonies, and they use symbolism. And symbolism is a very powerful teaching tool to help us understand and really to enrich the Christian faith. And so I, I believe and trust that our, our understanding of Christ and the gospel and the giving of His Son will be enriched this morning as we watch this place kind of transformed uh, into something that's more beautiful. But all of the decorations and all of this understand it's not just for the sake of beautifying our church so it's more pleasant to the eye. This is an act of worship. Uh, and really, we, we want God to beautify us in our hearts, for we are the bride of Christ. And He adorns us. We want to adorn the church symbolically in that way. It's through Christ that we fellowship with our Heavenly Father. And so we invite everybody this morning to joyfully worship and celebrate the birth of Christ. We want to enter into worship this morning with a sincerity of heart that we may leave knowing the presence of God and the fellowship of each other. So let's stand and begin our time by seeing them come all you faithful. Thank <laughs> you. 
you would sing the second verse and then the third verse, and we will all stand to sing. Timothy. The word 
Nativity is taken from the Latin word nativus, which means arisen by birth. St. Francis of Assisi created the very first nativity scene in 1223 in an effort to promote the true meaning of Christmas and worship Jesus the Lord. The most important thing about a nativity is its message to the world. Because our sin requires a perfect sacrifice before a holy and just God. Our Heavenly Father sent His only Son to earth as a man so that He could become that necessary sacrifice. The child who was born to Mary and laid in a manger would one day grow up and die on a cross and rise again so every person who believes in Him may receive forgiveness for sin and live eternally Heaven. We're going to remain seated, and if the kids under 18 would sing verse 2 along with Yannicka. Oh, 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 oh. 
What's your daughter's name? Aviva. Aviva. Aviva set the standard for how to bring up your decoration and present the gift of your by church. That's the standard. There's a hop and a skip, a hop and a skip. Great big smile, your hair has to flow in the air a little bit. So there's the standard for the remainder of the service. Let's stand for the responsive reading. Evergreens, the ancient symbol of God's eternity and everlasting love for us, even after his death. Let us praise God the Father. The wreath, round with no beginning or end, symbolizes the victory and glory of the fulfillment of Scripture in the coming of Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit. The holly is a symbol of the crown of thorns to be worn by Christ, with its red berries representing his drops of blood. May be seated. We'll sing four verses of the first Noel, ladies, and you would sing the second, and then the third, and the last, and the fourth. Thank you. 
good singing. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were very afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12. Again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Matthew, verse, chapter 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before all men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, and he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Please stand. We're going to pick up these verses and the ladies sing the middle one.
and all of the ornaments tell the lineage of Jesus. Sounds like a good uh, Sunday school project, please. Uh, our daughter-in-law has a wall, a wall painting, and each pocket represents a people group. And that day, they pray for the missionaries and for the salvation of the people. Then there is the Advent calendar, full of chocolate, usually. In most cases, there is a door to open, or a pocket that holds a surprise for the children. Each day, they open the door to celebrate the season and to mark off one last day before Christmas. Advent is not only a time of anticipation and excitement, but it is a time to remember. We remember and celebrate the coming of Jesus into the world in the anticipation of his second coming. New Covenant Fellowship and most of Southside Virginia churches and many homes have Advent wreaths. The wreath is made of a circle of evergreen branches laid flat to symbolize eternal life. Four candles stand in a circle. The purple is the traditional color of Lent and symbolizes a time of remembrance and fasting. Purple is also a colorful royalty, symbolizing Christ's resurrection and his sovereignty. Pink is lessening of repentance and beginning a time of celebration. And each candle represents one of the four Sundays. The white candle is the Christ candle that will be lit at the end of the service on December the 23rd. The theme of Advent this year is what a mighty fortress is our God. On December 4, Pastor Paul preached on this same subject. In that sermon, he asked the question, what or who do you run to? Beginning today, for the next four Sundays, the next Christmas, someone from this congregation will open the door of their heart and share about the one they run to in times of need. This summer, I found myself in a situation where, for whatever the reason, I did not have the spark or the desire to run to. But Jesus, in his love, in his grace, whispered to me in my soul, I am with you. He never leaves us. So whether you have to run to him or just be still and know that he is God and that he is with you, I encourage you this Advent season to take time to be still and know that he is God. Enjoy this Christmas season. Sing the carols with joy and bless others with gifts and much laughter. But don't forget that it's not the manger that saves us all. It's not the birth of a baby that reconciled us to God, but the death of a man who came to save his people from their sins. Only this message that offends the world will save the world. share with you how God has shown himself to be a mighty fortress in my life. 
I must first start with a confession of disobedience. Last year, shortly after the Thanksgiving share service, the Lord put it on my heart to prepare a specific testimony for this year's share service. But the year raced by, and as they often do, the distractions built up until I found myself scheduled for the nursery on the Sunday of the share service and realizing and feeling convicted that I had hardly given that prompting another thought and certainly did not act upon God's subtle request. I assumed the opportunity passed and I could excuse my way into putting it off at least maybe for another year. But God was certainly not content with my procrastination. That very Sunday, Miss Pat approached me to ask if I would be willing to light an Advent candle. I tried again to not quite commit, <laughs> but I knew in my heart this was not Miss Pat asking, but the Lord asking again. So humbly and nervously, here I am, where he wanted me to be. As many of you remember, our daughter Lily had many struggles in her first weeks of life. We had a very hard time getting her. Um, getting her to feed and put on weight, and she was very sleepy most of the time. Eventually, at 13 days old, she was diagnosed with hydrocephalus, excess fluid on her brain. I was not familiar with that term and actually had to look it up the night before. She was scheduled for an ultrasound of her head to determine if that was the cause of her symptoms. Things moved very quickly from there. We were sent from the ultrasound directly to the children's ER at MCV, and she was admitted into the pediatric ICU a few hours later. By the next evening, our two-week-old little baby was recovering from brain surgery to place a port in her head that was accessed each day to drain off fluid. Needless to say, this was an extremely scary and chaotic time for our family, filled with worry and a lot of unknowns. We were in the middle of a raging storm, but as he faithfully does, God provided the grace needed for the storm with the storm. Francis was left to carry on with the responsibilities of keeping things going at home while I was able to stay with Lily at the hospital continuously. One of the mornings, sitting next to her bed, I reached for my Bible. I had no idea where to turn. I was not searching for any specific scripture. I was merely reaching out for God's word in the storm. For no reason that I could understand, I began to read the Song of Solomon, a book that I had not spent much, if any, time reading. A strange choice in the circumstance, perhaps, but I was led directly there. And then there it was. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Like a lily among thorns is my darling among the maidens. Chapter 5, verse 13. His lips are like lilies dripping with myrrh. Chapter 6, verse 2. My lover has gone down to his garden to the bed of spices, to browse in the gardens, and to gather lilies. I understand it's simple, but over the course of eight chapters of Scripture, the Lord sweetly whispered our baby's name into my ear eight times. And with each time, he told me, I see her, I know her, I see you, and I have sovereignty over all of this. 
Psalm 18, 2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. In that moment, he had reached out, plucked us out of the storm, and placed us within his mighty fortress, into his fortified walls of safety and refuge. The chaos and worry in my heart calmed and was replaced with the strength and confidence that could only have come from the Lord. We were inside his fortress and were no longer susceptible to all the outside disturbances, and we were protected. Isaiah 33, 6. He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. God provided me with a sense of calm and clarity that allowed me to face all of the medical information and daily decisions without understanding and knowledge that could only have come from him. He even provided for a precious reuniting of our family when Lily was somewhat unexpectedly released from the hospital on Thanksgiving morning. And how thankful our hearts were to be home and be together. There were, of course, many more appointments, procedures, and another surgery to follow in the subsequent months. But in all of his... But in all of it, his fortress remains as our refuge and our stronghold in the storm. Praise be to God, our mighty fortress. to this, there are times in our lives where we just don't really know where to turn. We don't know what book to read, what to first read. But, you know, people give us advice and, and sometimes it, our minds are just weak and we're confused. And, and uh, I think the, the testimony is that she just turned and that was Miss Pat's um, testimony. I didn't even have the strength, but I, through Christ, I turned to him. And sometimes we think we need to have the answers in advance, and we don't. God meets us wherever we are, and he met Sarah exactly where she was, and took her to this bizarre book, Song of Solomon, and just ministered right there to that needy heart. And God is so amazing in that way. The other thing that comes to my mind is we're here because God is real. And... What God is doing, it's, it's the whole plan of redemption, but it could be described like the Song of Solomon. God is gathering for himself a people. And Sarah described gathering lilies. And what God is doing is he's, he's looking into the world, he's searching the man, the hearts of men, and he is literally gal- gathering lilies, if you will, to spend eternity in heaven. And so as we continue with our worship service, um, as we have this great privilege to partake of the Lord's Supper in remembrance of Him, Rick's going to lead us in that, let's just continue to avail our hearts to God. And we heard a testimony, uh, a vulnerable testimony of, I was disobedient. 
to the Lord. But a rebound, so that God, our gracious God, blessed us with that testimony. Uh, and that's, isn't that grace? We, we do, we are disobedient, but we have that grace that enables us to be obedient. So as we come to the Lord's table, let's just open our hearts, see what God wants to do with us this morning. But most importantly, God is to be praised. Amen. Rick, if you would. Thank you.